back again for episode number four of the dream three podcast well tonight's just two of us it's just myself and and neil doughboy sports cards but we do have a guest here coming up here in a little bit um so neil we're right here right now we're watching the u.s open i had money on rory mcelroy coming back uh it's not looking good for me bryson DeChambeau completely sucks but john ron could putt the damn ball what do you think so john rom well since since he was here at the memorial and he got called off right after he was done that third round and he didn't get to any he had to withdraw he he has been furious so he brought that back that intensity back drained the t- last two putts on the 17th and 18th to basically take the lead louis got a chance on uh on 18 he's going to 18 right now so he's got a chance to try and time up but i think john's got it in the bag so i agree it was an exciting day of golf very exciting i think john totally deserves to win this match obviously when he got pulled he was in the in the lead the last tournament and yeah he's up by like eight strokes yeah so coming in with a vengeance definitely well deserved so hopefully pulls out in the end um let's just jump dive into a couple quick sports takes that we didn't get to go to last week um we saw early in the news vince wilforth's son got arrested by vince wilforth for stealing super bowl rings for memorabilia going out and selling it now i remember watching vince wilforth's son he was a walk-on at the university of houston he was a linebacker and got kicked off the team for codeine and cocaine so I, I understand that Vince came from the University of Miami back in the good University of Miami days when that stuff was going on. Obviously, it does not translate translate well over to his son. Got thrown out of the University of Houston. Now doing this, it sounds like he is on the wrong path. Um, man, that that sucks for, for someone young making stupid decisions like that, especially when your dad is probably one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time. Well, I mean, he's... Right now, I mean, what, what what happened last year in the NBA playoffs? Like, Bronny was caught smoking a a blunt on what was it, Instagram or something on like Twitch, that. Twitch or something like that. Yeah, something stupid, throwing their lives away. Absolutely, they got all that greatness, and they're throwing their lives away. Absolutely. Um, so, a couple other things. So, Anderson Silva boxed Julio Cesar Chavez last night. I think the fight was at a hundred and eighty pounds. Um, Silva won on a controversial split decision, controversial as in Silva should have won all three rounds, but I don't know what judge was act- watching Julio. Well, that's boxing Cotton. for you. Boxing doesn't, boxing's, boxing's judges are horrendous. Like it, it's bad in MMA sometimes, but boxing is God awful. It's absolutely trash. And watching Silva pick apart and move around the ring like young Royce Jones Jr., it was great to see him back in full force, not having to deal with leg kicks, not having to deal with takedowns, but purely stand-up striking. And he just outboxed Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., which was awesome. And I, I saw later on after that, Logan Paul even congratulated would and wanted to see Anderson Silva versus Roy Jones Jr. on the undercard if him and, and Tyson got to fight. And I, I personally, as a fight fan, even though Roy Jones is past his prime, Anderson does not seem past his prime, but but you never know. But I would love to see that matchup, Roy Jones Jr. versus Anderson Silva. It would be fun. I mean, we all know. I mean, me and you grew up in the the Anderson days where it was like it, he couldn't get touched by anybody. And then 
you know, his, it was, it felt like he was just, he was just hitting you with, with, with nothing. And he was knocking people out cold. I mean, he was just, he was just tapping you on the face and you were just getting knocked down. So I know Anderson can fight. I, I know he could box. I know he's got great stand up. I mean, why not put it to the test? Why not try something else out? I'd love to see it. Um, I kind of agree. Roy is washed up. He still has speed. I don't think he has power and endurance anymore. Um, power is the last thing to go. But Roy, I Roy, if depending on how long the fight is, if you watch the fight against Tyson, the first mm, two three rounds, Roy was still looked pretty good. After that, he looked pretty damn tired. That could be ring rust, but he was in the ring, or he had fought earlier than Tyson had. So. Still, I want to see it. Um, one more boxing note coming up. I watched the Wilder Tyson Fury press conference. Wilder not wanting to take any questions. He's saying, you know, he's not going to to talk going up to this fight. That's well and dandy, but here's the problem. You got to sell the fight. How and why am I going to buy a fight that I just watched you get punked last time? You had to quit. And Mike Mark Breland did the right thing, throwing in the towel getting your ass out of there before Tyson Fury killed you before in the very first fight, you own the only reason why, you know, it was close was because you got the last second knockdown. And still, I think Tyson Fury came back and won that round. So going into the third fight that you had to fight legally to come get, you have to talk, sell this fight. I don't, I don't, you don't have to talk trash, but you know, Give me something to hype me up. It can't just be Tyson Fury altogether. It's, it's going to be. I mean, it, I, I, the guy just wants money. Deontay's probably running out of his $100 million that he made on the last fight, and he needs the money right now. And he's probably not going to win. He's just, you know, you got a, you got a fighter like Tyson who's more skilled, more well-rounded, knows how to pick his punches, knows how to, knows how, knows how to wear you down. And Wilder's just a... He's just a guy who just swings for the fences, and that's why he gets. That's why he get. That's why he got caught. That's why he lost. For sure, for sure. Well, that's coming up uh, next month. Looking forward to that. But uh, you know, let's get right into this. Is the Dream Three podcast? So there needs to be three of us. So that's right. We, that's so right. With, with Fat Boy Dylan not here, uh, we got a special guest. Neil, I'll take. I'll let you introduce who we got coming out here tonight. So we've mentioned him a, a couple times before in our podcast. Um. Good friend of mine, um, very very knowledgeable guy, Justin Squint Sports Cards. Um, I thought it would be great to have him on as our first kind of um, our first guest. Uh, great great for the hobby, um, great guy, and I, I think he's got some insight that we can share with everybody. Um, but also, I like I just enjoy, you know, he's got a great perspective on cards that are undervalued and low pop low pop cards that um you know you just don't ever think of and um i just thought it'd be a perfect guest for our first time so let's bring on justin how's it going guys hey what's up yeah, brother. appreciate you coming on yeah not a problem at all appreciate you guys having me all right first off did you guys catch game seven last night bucks versus nets yeah that was a crazy game <laughs> yeah i i, I was I couldn't believe it, man. And I, I really felt like uh, like the refs were kind of – I don't know. Like I, it was just such a close game coming down to the wire. KD showing up. And, you know, when I see people posting their stories, even after, you know, the Nets lose, just like, hey, KD's that guy. That just tells you how crazy that game is, right? Because usually you see the overreactionary stuff. 
you know, like Giannis is overrated when he loses, but everybody was just positive about that game for both the Nets and the Bucks. Yeah, no, I like Katie was playing out of his mind. He was the only guy on that team who was carrying. I mean, what, what was it? Uh, what happened in Game Five? Didn't they were down what twenty points or something like that? And Jeff Green hit seven of eight threes in Game Five. So, like, it, obviously, you weren't going to have Jeff Green hit seven of eight threes again, like in a Game Seven. So, it had to come down to KD. KD, you know, did as much as he could, but. You know, you can't you can't have you can't buy your super teams and buy your championships this year. Gotta have to wait another year for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's funny. And and it's funny because you, you talk Jeff Green. It seems like this whole playoffs, there's been different games where these random guys are stepping up, you know, Terrence Mann for the Clippers. Yeah, uh, even Reggie Jackson, man, every day dropping 20, 25 points. You know, he averaged 10 points during the regular season. So it's just like it's cool to see these guys step up that you know have the potential, and then they're given the chance, and then they they shine on the brightest stage. Yeah, yeah, no, I th- I think it's good to see some of this young talent and, and see some of these old veterans. I mean, you had uh, Chris Paul coming out and scoring thirty seven and in a game, and I can't remember the last time I saw Chris Paul score thirty points in a playoff game, let alone not get injured. So, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 great to see this stuff. It's it's it's. There was a time three or four years ago where like the parody in the NBA was just so bad because it was it was LeBron and it was the Warriors. And then KD goes to the Warriors and it was just it was like why why even watch the NBA? So it's nice to have that parody back where, you know, you got essentially eight teams who can who can win a championship. And it's nice to see, you know, LeBron's not there, KD's not there, and you're gonna have someone new win this year, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And I, I, I like that. I think that's good for the NBA and it's, it's good moving forward. It kind of shows, you know, that, that these guys, they are human. LeBron is human. Kevin Durant is human. And eventually we're going to have a new wave of superstars. Um, so it's exciting to see. Definitely. So Justin, I'm going to have you kind of give your little story about, you know, how you started sports cards, when you started sports cards, um, you know, if you got back into the hobby later on and then just kind of, you know, what you collect, what's your PC, we'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, sports cards have always been, you know, a part of my life. Um, growing up, you know, it started out just kind of getting the, the basic kind of tops baseball sets um, as a kid for Christmas, uh, ripping some, some wax. Um, I remember like the like 2012, 2013, like Bowman Chrome stuff for baseball. Baseball is always my kind of my passion. I played in high school. Um, and then kind of during college, I kind of went away from the sports card aspect. Um, just, you know, there's a lot going on at university. I was in debt, so it's hard to kind of, you know, especially with how expensive it was to become a couple years ago. Um, it was kind of hard to, uh, you know, shell out that kind of money. And then uh, a couple years ago, so I'm three years out of college now. Um, so two years ago, one of my good friends, um, he's not even on Instagram, and he just was kind of, you know, just saying, hey, should we pick up a LeBron rookie? And I never really thought of it just because it's been a while. Um, and that just kind of got me into the into the hobby again. So I just started looking at, you know, going through the progression of like prism-based cards, you know, modern stuff, to then more rare modern stuff, to then look at kind of the undervalued goats, and which I think a lot of people felt the hobby kind of transition over the last year. Yeah. Kind of where I've been. Um, and for me personally, I, you know, I LeBron James is my favorite athlete. Um but honestly, with the recent dips and stuff, it's hard for me now. I, 
I really want to have like an iconic card. You know, there's so much different product you can get from LeBron. And so it's hard for me to, you know, shell out like five grand on like a, you know, for a while, like a bazooka PSA 10 or, you know, some of those unique cards, you know, to try and find like the undervalued stuff of LeBron's trickier because there's a lot more people in the game. So recently I've kind of gone over to the like positional player stuff for football. So I think that's where there's a huge market gap. And I actually wanted to share something too. So as you guys, as both you guys know, um, one of my big pickups recently was a DeAndre Hopkins uh, Shield Auto rookie. So from National Treasures, it's a colossal. Um, I, I probably spent about a month texting you, Neil, or maybe three weeks or so, just going Pretty back. Long. You were you were mewling whether or not you wanted the card. I know you. I, was, I know you want it. It's a sweet card. Yeah, sweet I, card. I I just kept going back and forth, and then I literally spent hours looking up every single you know card in the checklist and stuff. And that's kind of what, what sparked my interest again is I saw somebody in the one of one uh, sports card group on Facebook. I'd recommend joining that group if you're into the rare stuff. Obviously, it's a pretty cool spot. Uh, but there's like a Justin Jefferson, like it might have been like a hat, like shield or something auto. So not yeah, even I, I, treasure. I mean, they're getting five, six, seven, eight K for that kind of stuff. So then I that's went back ridiculous. to the Hopkins. I went back to the Hopkins. I'm like, man, you know, he said 3,500 and there's only one other shield auto. You know, I'd, I'd consider that the true shield auto, but just the checklist and today's like even the national treasure stuff, it's deep, man. I mean, there's probably a hundred one ones I mean, that's not shield auto stuff, but when it yeah. comes to like platinum stuff, you know, laundry tags, uh, you name it, it's a lot deeper now. So that's kind of what spiraled me back to the Hopkins and, um, you know, where the, where the state is now with the, with the hobby, it's hard for me to not go after like the shield auto stuff. Uh, I, I was actually watching yesterday. There was an SP Authentic dual logo man with Shaq and Carl Malone, no autographs. So just game worn uh, uh, logos. How much do you guys think that sold for? It was raw. What year? Uh, I think it was like, uh, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know that. So would it be Sha Shaq Laker? It, it was uh, Shaq Laker and Carl Malone Jazz. Uh the way dual, the dual logo man, dual, dual, dual logo, logo man. man, no autos, raw, raw, mm. uh, 7,500. Neil, no, no, 75k, 75k. It went yeah. for 21 grand. I'm sitting here like I paid 3,500 for, for a Hopkins rookie, right? That has an auto on it, and so that's kind of. I think that disparity between like the high end football and basketball, I think mm. we already kind of know that exists. Yeah. But then when you delve down beyond the quarterbacks, because quarterbacks are inflated compared to the stud positional players. For sure. I mean, you know, I paid like a like eleven hundred for an Adrian Peterson second year national treasure uh, uh, shield auto, eleven hundred bucks. You know, it's like that stuff just feels like no brainer long term stuff because Adrian Peterson arguably is the best running back since Barry. So. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. So I've, I've, I listen to podcasts other than myself, you know, um, but I, I think you bring up a good point that there's there's going to come a time where people start to respect more than just the quarterback market. Like, you, I mean, you have you have plenty of I mean, you got AP, you got you got Megatron and you got um, D hop right now. But like those players like owning those like superstar hall of fame type players and owning a shield auto of them 
is like owning the logo man, uh, logo like a logo man auto of LeBron James from Upper Deck from twenty or from two thousand nine. You know, it's a, it's the same it's the same thing. And I think what you're getting into is something that definitely I see appreciating value as we move forward. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't someone want to hold? Uh, a game worn logo or a game worn shield from Adrian Peterson with mm-hmm. an auto on it. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then the just, one more thing on that too, is what people don't realize is, I mean, NFL games, right? I mean, now it's a 17 game season, but it's normally 16 games. Careers are shorter. People miss games. So the number of actual game worn one of one stuff, like if you look at the back of cards, whether it's a shield or not, most of it's player worn, even for yeah. the veterans. So yeah. if you can find that game worn stuff, because, you know, like in terms of jerseys, you know, you've got the regular season worn jerseys and then they got like two or three player issued per game. So that they're using that most of the time for different patches. So I think if you can find the game worn uh, stuff on card autos of the legends, there's a lot less supply of that compared to basketball with the longer. Yeah. Season. Yeah. I will say, I will say I, I've definitely noticed it. And we've talked about this too, is with flawless. If you compare like flawless basketball and flawless football, none of the flawless 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 in basketball is the only one that has game-used apparel in it, game-used patches. In football, there's no game-used, none. Like, NT, Flawless, none of it, no game-used. And it's awful to see because that means more in the hobby. And to see Panini basically just say, you know what, screw it, we're just going to put these player patches because people are still going to buy this stuff. It doesn't matter. It's their way of taking the shortcut out of it, and us collectors are kind of getting shortchanged on on what's more value and what means more as a part of owning a card. So, no, I think I think you're 100 percent right. These game these game worn patches, these game worn shields, you know, legends of the game. They they definitely need to be appreciated more, and I definitely see the value in those things going up. Maybe maybe my Adrian maybe my maybe my Aaron Donalds will start going up here soon too. I hope so. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, kind of, kind of, kind of going off of this, you know, what are what are some things that you've seen in kind of this quote unquote dip, crash, whatever you want to call it, huge recession, market correction, whatever it is. What what are some big things that you see um, people need to take advantage of, and what are some things that people need to understand? and maybe educate themselves on so that way they can better understand the market, better understand the market moving forward and truly appreciating collecting as a hobby and being a collector rather than just constantly trying to make money off of it. Yeah. Um, and this is something I kind of talked to you a little bit about, Neil. And um, I think what we're seeing is is the on-card autographs are numbered cards are kind of maintaining more strength than obviously the base cards. Um, and I think right now, I think it's it's not a surprise that the pop reports are there. You know, a year ago, um, unless you were like super into cards, uh, the average person that, you know, would, could find wax back in the day, they probably didn't even really understand the pop report a ton. Um, and now it's like everybody's got it bookmarked. It's like you're always asking what the pop is on anything before you buy it. Um, so I think everybody's got that understanding. And But the one thing that I think people are missing is uh, – there are certain sets that have difficult autographs, right? So in this case, there's actually an auction ending tonight. I, I may make a plan. It will see. But 
It's a BGS 85 uh, Auto 10 Steph Curry Contenders autograph. Yeah, me and, me yeah. and you are both watching that, just so yeah. you know. We <laughs> We've are. been talking about that for a while. Right. I, That's I, just something I've seen enough of those cards go by. And first of all, like, you know, Steph Curry's rookie year was kind of weird, right? It was a transition from, like, the Topps era to the Panini era. So there isn't a ton of on-card autographs. I think there's like a, you know, an off-brand like Absolute or something. National Treasures is a sticker auto. Ugh, yep. Yucky. And and there is exquisite, but a lot of that stuff is college uniform too. Yep. So it, it's tough to find an on-card autograph, you know, in the Warriors uniform that's affordable. Um, and that 10 auto grade, I mean, that thing's huge. Like yep. I, I've seen probably dozens of those. I've never seen a 10 auto until this auction. So that's why I was I was just messaging you before the show. There's really no way on BGS to to sort by auto grade. You yeah, kind of gotta go through everything. I went through the top 20. I found one with a 10 auto grade that wasn't this one. There's only 151 in, in the in the pop report. So that's yeah. kind of what what leads me to this segue is I, I think the the tough autograph grades and stuff, whether it's you know a streaky pen, somebody that signs you know really faint, somebody that signs off the card. I think people got to pay more attention to that. And use that kind of like the rarity in terms of the pop report. So, I agree. So I think that's that's a buy right now. Obviously, you know, with uh, Steph being out of the playoffs, the offseason coming up during the dip, Steph's a great hold, you know, super influential. So I think plays like that is pretty specific. But just to really do your research now, there's still – there's always going to be times to buy. And with the market down, I think it's time to kind of load up on some of those grail-type cards. Yeah, definitely like LeBron, right, Caleb? Just more LeBrons? I think so. I think LeBron is definitely the play. Um, you could even start thinking of, and I was <clears throat> talking with my brother-in-law today, um, Luca might even be the play right now. You can find, I was looking at my slabs, you can get an Optic 10 for under $500. So <laughs> you, you're you're looking at, if you're going Notorious off. Notorious for centering issues. Not a lot of 10s. Not, a lot, not of ten. a lot of 10s. You're, you can find off my slabs uh, some Luca PSA 10s for under 700, which is yeah. nice. If you go off eBay comps, they're anywhere from 600 to 918. I think an auction ended yesterday. So um, I think Luca is also a good play, also. Yeah. So, my big thing <laughs> one of the reasons why I brought Justin on was because he's a big LeBron fan, just like me. I mean, you got to respect greatness. You got to know when you see a goat when you see it. And so, um, no, me and me and Justin are like-minded on definitely picking up on the LeBrons. Curry is a big one that we've been into a lot. Um, that might be end up being our plays at the national. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, we're still talking a lot of money to get those things, but no, I agree. Um, it, it's interesting. Like there's there's modern players, right? So you got like Devin Booker, you got Trey Young, you got Luca. Who are these modern players like? What's what's going to cause them to end up making that transition to being an all-time great? Like, what do they need to do? Because, like, Luca, I mean, even, like, I mean, his stuff's way down, but, like, what's going to cause people to start buying Lucas again or start buying Trey's again? I mean, Trey's game seven tonight, what, are they, what happens if they beat the Sixers and they go on to play the Bucks? Like, they have a chance to win a championship now, you know? Does that mean that? These guys, these modern guys, actually should be respected again because there's a huge decline back in, what, January and February when the GOATs started taking off, all the legends started taking off. So do we see another change in the market where these modern guys pick up? I don't know. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll get that started. I, I think with just the mass printing of the modern stuff, overall, right, things have dropped. The base cards, obviously, but even like, you know, maybe the less desirable stuff like fast break parallels or, you know, non like Prism or NT or, you know, like lower brand stuff. But if you're looking at like a Blue Ice Luca or some like an NT Luca, if you're looking at like the top, top stuff, I think you still have a ton of people buying at that price and wanting to get in. Hey, let me ask this too. What do you guys think of people buying like, like I've seen a blue, like the straight blue, right? Blue out of 199 or the blue of 175. Those seem to be way more desirable or like the red, the tray red out of 299, way more desirable than even like the blue ice out of 99 or like the purple out of 75. Like people, like I saw, I, I don't have the numbers off of me, so don't quote me, but like people are paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for a blue 9.5, BGS 9.5 out of 199 and they're leaving the blue ice in the blue or the purple out of 75 on the table at 30 grand, 40 grand. So like, d does that mean team color man man matters more than the, the numbering? I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. Like, what do you, like, I, what do you guys think? I mean, I think it, I don't know if it, I think it for aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Um, I would say the blue on blue Luca. Absolutely. Um, and we've had this discussion in the past. I'm still taking the lowered numbered card out of every single time. I could care less about the co the color match. See, I'm on the opposite side. I love the color match. I think that's more desirable. Even if there's 199 copies, you gotta think of it like this: like there's what, let's say 100,000 collectors in the world, right? Let's say 100,000 people collect basketball. You own one of 199 at a BGS 9.5 or a PSA 10 or a PSA 9. You own one of those. Like mm -hmm. you're going to be in the top one percent, and that when if Luca makes that transition, wins a couple championships or wins a championship, what does that do for that stuff? It just your pop, report, your pop report's definitely not going to move because it's maxed out at well, 199 that, yeah, or thing. whatever it's it is. Numbered. So like pop report, like at that time, like does pop report really matter when you're talking about 199 versus 99? Like you still own, you still own the top zero point or point zero 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 one percent. Yeah. And, the other thing you got to remember too is with, with sports cards, I take a lot, a lot of time, a longer approach, right? So I buy into something. Obviously I like something that maybe in the fall for football or a certain situation will go up and maybe I will move it. But especially it, with the market correction, everything I buy, I want to be like a long-term asset, right? At 10 years down the road, will people still be interested in this? And when you're talking like a Luca color match, true blue out of 199, I mean, eventually that card's going to be sitting on some rich person's, you know, collection or sitting in their bank or wherever and you know what's going to be what's it, it the eye appeal is super important for that person right yeah. at some point whether it's an investor or not there's something about that where it's like you know the purple out of 75 or whatever it's just it doesn't look as nice as a blue out of 199 if somebody's got the money to spend and it's their card they want just like it's like a like like a ntrpa right so like if there's like a first off the line like the stars and stripes, if it just completely clashes with the, with the uh, uniform or something, I'm going to take a true RPA, right? It may not, it may be triple the numbering, but it's still that eye appeal that I think people ultimately, especially the high-end collectors definitely uh, appreciate. Yeah.
Yeah, I agree. Once you get down to the nitty gritty, once once these people start making that transition, they start being an all time player. It comes to, it comes down to the eye appeal and it comes down to what the people want. So Neil, Neil, jumping in real quick, and we're talking about you know Justin mentioned thinking long term and in investments, and I'm just going through some numbers on Slab Stock and, and some other places. You see a lot of people buying hype, especially in real short terms, like. Uh, 16 Devin Booker PSA 10 prisms were sold today at $925 at a buy now. You also had, and I can tell you this from experience because you're damn right I dove into my box, you have Terrence Mann PSA 10s selling for almost $400. They had one sell for $400. If you have Terrence Mann, sell them now. Just sell them now. It right here, bud. What the Clippers, sell it. Just sell it. Just <laughs> it's sell it's it. up there. It's I don't open. care. I don't care how high it is. I don't care what the skyrocketing is. If you have Terrence Mann, sell him because the Clippers are not lights. getting past the Suns without Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard is not coming back to play. Yeah, uh, I yeah. agree. And Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann is not going to be the difference maker. I don't care how good he is. He's not that good yet. No, absolutely no. not. It's one of those quick pushes where you've got to dive back into the card boxes that – you were ripping last yeah, like, year and fine like bull 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 had the had the quick craze yeah i'm pretty sure i when eric cashel uh, yeah. yeah kobe yeah. white i'm pretty sure i gave all those like extra rookie cards <laughs> to ryan to to ryan i gave it to ryan when he did he did his shop opening and he had he wanted like some donation cards to give to the kids so i'm pretty sure some kids walking out with like a a silver Terrence man now with like <laughs> 700 bucks. And I, I gave it away. <laughs> Send him I a bunch of away to some kid. He probably threw it away too. Cause he's like, I don't want this guy. He's trash. This isn't Zion. Yeah. yeah this isn't Zion. <laughs> oh man. No, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, so, so if you are, are, are paying attention to the playoffs, are you guys buying anything? Because I am not buying anything NBA related right now. I'm waiting for the winner to go. I'm waiting for whoever wins. Great for them. You know, clap it up. Congratulations. And then from there, I'm buying LeBron. I'm buying mm -hmm. Curry. I'm buying for the next season. Because mm -hmm. once once the season's over, that stuff's going to tank. And that means more time for me to buy. Yeah, I'm 100% in football mode right now still. Um, like I posted on my Instagram, I got a couple Peyton Manning PSA 10s just from uh, SPX that I picked up real cheap, got a nine with it and a, uh, and a PSA eight from his rookie year, just 135 bucks for five cards. And, you know, with Manning, with the hall of fame induction coming up, I feel like that's a good quick turnaround. Do but, you guys think modern, do you think, or not? I shouldn't say modern. Do you think NFL is going to go up still come towards August? Or do you think because it's so high right now that it's just how could it go any higher? That's that's what I think. I'm like, how can how can football get higher than what it's already at? Like Josh Allen is selling for more than he was in like January when he was playing well. Mm -hmm. I yeah, don't know. I think I think the Nationals might be the peak of football because I, you know, in my experience of football, it seems like the preseason around that time is usually the sell point for a lot of guys. Yeah. You know, even players that you expect to do well, like, you know, Russell Wilson or, you know, even Mahomes, 
Like a lot of times that value peaks and then throughout the season it comes back and right. I, I'd have to look at the numbers, but I'm not even sure, you know, during the Super Bowl time if Mahomes even got up to what he was the preseason hype. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No. Well, no, he did he did. So preseason, like preseason 2020, 2021 <clears throat> season, he got up to like eight thousand dollars right as the season started, dipped back down to like five K mm-hmm. and then and then skyrocketed to fifteen thousand. Um, when they made the Super Bowl. So if I go back to January twenty fifth, no, February fourth, fourteen thousand five hundred on card ladder. Oh wow! And then if I go back to October twenty eighth, fifty one hundred dollars, <laughs> ten grand. Like we're talking ten grand yeah. in two months or three months. That's you gotta crazy. Remember, you gotta remember too, though. That's like a Super Bowl bound team. You know, not not oh, that Holmes yeah. was obviously the favorite or a favorite to make it to the Super Bowl, but right. it just seems like a lot of the guys, like you know, like Russell Wilson comes to mind. He had a peak where, you know, his stuff was really undervalued, then everybody overvalued the heck out of it just for you know compared to what it was. And now I feel yeah. like he's a buy again. You know, yeah. I, I see prices of Josh Allen and I see prices of Jalen Hurts, like the most random kind of quarter. Not not that Josh Allen's random, right? Well, now Jordan Love, right? Jordan Love's taken off. Like people are buying Jordan Love, thinking he's going to be the next Jesus Christ out there. Like, mm-hmm. dude, the guy hasn't even touched a ball. He didn't even play last year. He didn't even suit up. He was the third string quarterback. Don't start buying Jordan Love. The guy's like, wait till he touches the field. I don't care if he hasn't played a preseason game. Like, why spend your money? Why spend like what? What's it going for? Twelve hundred bucks for a contender's auto? You're spending twelve hundred dollars on a contender's auto of a guy who hasn't touched the field. Well, should I should I tell my Patrick Mahomes hasn't touched the field card story? Which was that the immaculate <clears throat> one that you had? No, that was my uh, 2017 limited football triple oh. patch on card auto at a 149. Sold yeah. it for eighty nine dollars. $89. Caleb, you realize you could have bought yourself a new car by now with that. I could have put a down payment on another house with you, that. You, <laughs> you might you might have a better collection than me if you would have kept that card. Ah, oh, I know. But that was when I was first getting back into it and everything. But I think this transitions to a good subject that I wanted to bring up that we kind of texted about, Neil. Um, so football, and I agree with Justin, I agree with you, Neil, that in football, it's you get your cards and then mini camp or training camp preseason. That's your time to start selling. We saw this last year during, I don't want to call it the COVID hype, but just either right before COVID or right, right when it hit. Everybody got super hyped on buying retail of draft, of prism draft. Yeah. Yeah. And- and especially newer people who are coming in trying to flip it quick. I think they, I think that was the big part of it was they you say new people, new people. So they were buying up all these cards, all this product. But here's the problem. True collectors don't care. As soon as that professional uniform comes out, that prism draft isn't worth anything unless you're an Ohio State fan, unless you're a diehard LSU fan. So looking yeah, unless at unless you're Ryan buying every single Ohio State player, like and, no one cares. Like, or you're you're looking I could at, care less about yeah. Trevor Lawrence in a in a in a in a, in a Clemson jersey. No, nope. but you're looking at like hobby box prices of four hundred and fifteen dollars for 
you're going to get five autos as some dudes who's undrafted free agents and a seventh round pick. Yeah. Like he's like two weeks from now, he's going to be working at a Walmart, like trying to, trying to make sure he counts the right amount of people going in and out of it. Like he's they, these, some of these people are going to be nobodies here. Sam. So that's, that's my quick rant, a draft hobby or draft prism. Yeah, do not one, buy anything. Is one of it's my, I, if I hate a product, it is that product. Because I, you know, when I came first back into it, you know, we bought up everything that we had, whether it been contenders. Now I kind of like contenders, but draft pres it was just like trash, trash, trash. Well, that's the thing is Panini puts out like they do like uh contenders, they do prism, they do immaculate, they do national treasures, and they do flawless. All in college uniform, and then they come out with all the NFL. And then, well, and then Leaf has their own. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just a way to. It's just a way for Panini to make money and try to get all these these newbies to buy into something that's not worth anything. For sure. Speaking of speaking of draft, uh, just a unique one. Do you guys consider like Luka Doncic? You know, with his like Euroleague uniform in the draft product, where he has a rookie auto. Do you give that the same level of criticism as like a college uniform, or do you I'll, think I'll give it the same level as criticism when Luka Doncic ends up being Michael Jordan, and then they start having the debate about the XRC nineteen eighty four star card? Like until that happens, I could care less about Luka Doncic in a Euroleague. Like yeah. give me Mavs Luka Doncic, and that's it. That's all I care about. Yeah, same that's same fair. way with Giannis. Janis. 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 Yeah, yeah, I care less about Janice and his greasy or whatever Greek <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter. Don't care. So, um, I did have something I was gonna say. Oh, Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady a buy? Because Mahomes has maintained this level of like trajectory that keeps going up, and keep people still buy his stuff. And, like, are people forgetting that Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl and is the greatest quarterback of all time? Probably, arguably, the greatest collector piece of all time. You know, like, like Tom Brady has, what, one, two on-card autos in his entire card collection and undervalued significantly – compared to every basketball card? Like, is Tom Brady truly a buy? I, for me, like, and I've talked to Justin about this. I've talked to Caleb about this. You know, I I feel like I need to get a contender's auto. Like, why wouldn't I try and get a contender's auto right now? Because, like, that that's going to be long-term. Like, I just see that thing is paying off my kid's student loans when he has them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's weird to see the prices that some of like the the vertical, like flawless, like patch autos of Tom Brady later in his career. It's oh, crazy yes. to see how much those are selling for. And yet you look back at his contenders, rookie ticket auto, um, and even like the Bowman Chrome refractor. There's just not a lot of choices for high end rookie Brady stuff. And mm -hmm. the pop isn't that high in that stuff either. So I'm surprised the value isn't higher. Well, yeah. And I showed you some of those early, like, uh, I don't know if I showed you, Caleb, but I showed Justin early Super Bowl. They were Super Bowl on-card autos. They were, um, and they had a patch of the football 
game used football from the Super Bowl. And they were going for, I think a few of them sold for like $4,000. Like on-card Brady from a Super Bowl with a game used patch from the from the game. Four grand is cheap. Yeah, right? Like that's what I'm saying. Like, I've, like there's Brady. I'm starting to think Brady's undervalued right now. Seven Super Bowls later, he's still undervalued. Absolutely. <laughs> I I, t- I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, Brady, anything Brady rookie auto, you know, when we were going through that goat trend and, you know, the 86 Jordan Fleers were going through the freaking roof. I think, could you imagine if, you know, when we go back through that cycle and we go back through the goat trend again, if Brady – you have a PSA 10, you know, rookie auto, how much that's going to surpass any, any Jordan card, you know, being up in the goats, you know, what, what did uh, that contenders auto go for? Was it 3.5? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The last one could be, you know, we come back around in X amount of years, seven, $8 million card. Right. That's true. And it just trickles down. I mean, if something's that high, then, just trickles down as far as what's what what maintains its value and what goes up in its value so the then the base tickets the authentic auto tens they just they just go up in value i think the one thing that hurts that card though for design wise is, is the auto's tough to see and that you know there's no and I know it's early you know it's an early year product i'm not you know bashing on it necessarily but the auto's tough to see and there's really no hollow foil on it so I'm not sure if people, you know, look at like the exquisite stuff and just even like 2003 for LeBron. I mean, that stuff looks fantastic, right? Oh yeah, the eye appeal on that is, is ten times better than a contender's right. auto. So maybe that has something to do with it because I'd have to look at comps, but I think the Bowman Chrome Refractor for Brady is pretty damn expensive compared to the ticket autos. Yes, um, I'd say that. I'd say honestly, they're about comparable. Okay, like, you, you can find a a Chrome. Like a Chrome BGS, a Chrome Refractor BGS eight, I think they're going for like forty thousand, which would be the equivalent of like a seven or an eight, a PSA seven PSA eight contenders auto. So, but I'd I'd say it's similar. Obviously, once you get into higher grades, I mean things just separate. Um, just because I mean finding a ten refractor is, you know, next to zero on the pop report. So, um, stuff like that. I mean. But even the lower grades, I think they they're pretty similar in value now. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the reason why it's still low is just because football is just not as big as as basketball. But at the same time, like how much of the current collector and hobby, how much of that is is Americans? You know, like I understand there's a growing worldwide market. You know, and that's big into basketball and arguably getting bigger into soccer too but how much of like the football market and the american market drives drives that as well so i'm i don't know i don't know i feel like i feel like football's got to explode at some point just seems undervalued yeah i i completely agree and the one thing that's been weird and i i don't sell much like on ebay probably compared to a lot of other people but oh i i haven't sold on ebay in probably a year and a half i can't stand the fees it's stupid and okay. returns and everything. I think, yeah, I think like someone I saw someone post on Facebook on one of the groups they got they had like sold a card for $150 and paid like 18% in fees. They just 
just ridiculous. Yeah. Just stupid. Stupid. But but the one thing I have noticed is the little bit of basketball I've sold versus football. I'd say over half the basketball is going to like a ship my cards or like somebody that's located in China or Canada or nowhere in the U.S. And I'm shipping it to one of those port type things. Yep. So yep. I think like I think for a while there I kind of underestimated the international na- like nature of basketball. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, there's a big presence, but it might yeah. even be bigger than what we think. And football doesn't have that level. Yeah, maybe maybe it's me just not being as huge into the market as I used to be um, or understanding the market like I probably should um, just because, I mean, we've all three of us have only truly been back into collecting for probably the past three, four years, really. So our understanding of the of the market is and not understanding worldwide market might be a little bit of our own issue, um, our own ignorance, our own naive towards the market, our own naiveness, if that's a word. But um, but kind of going off of that, I mean, I, I've sold a couple across across the world. Like I sold a guy to or sold a, my contemporary nine or contemporary eight five, the red LeBron rookie, sold that to a guy in New Zealand, paid nine grand. And it was easy, swift transaction. Guys, I mean, it was great. It's just sometimes you don't really understand until you until you kind of put it out there that, or try to sell something worldwide. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm missing that. I don't know. We'll see. No, I, I, think, and I think because of soccer getting popular again, I think we're starting to see the worldwide trend. You can see it with F1 since F1 is a global racing sport. You're getting F1 Tops Chrome boxes at six fifty a pop, and I think the sapphires are like nine hundred a pop or something like that. So, you know, I think the global market of the global sports, you know, those cards got more notoriety, and I think it brings everything else up with it because I think every everywhere else across the seas, it's kind of like in auto racing for us. I always say that. The drag racers in Australia and Europe are a year behind whatever we're doing in America. So it takes, you know, a year for them to catch up to see and do whatever we're doing, no matter with the internet or whatever. So I think the outside of the U.S. borders, they're catching up right now. And I think it's just going to continue to climb. Justin, what do you think about the soccer market? Do you spend any time in the soccer realm, or are you just mainly basketball and football? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I've never had a ton of interest in soccer and kind of where I'm at, you know, with trying to really be smart with purchases. I, You know, for me, I consider myself kind of like an investor, but I do just love having cards that I believe in or, you know, players I watched growing up. You know, it's kind of what started me on, like, the Adrian Peterson PC. Um, so I haven't really dabbled much into the soccer market just because – you really got to learn the markets in and out. I feel like to really maximize kind of the for gains and stuff. Um, I saw a really interesting kind of along the topic of international stuff. I can't remember who it was. Somebody on Instagram um, wasn't a super popular account. They posted something about uh, like cricket, like being one of the most watched sports in the world. And they're just going back, picking up like 1940s, 1950s of some goat of cricket for like 20 bucks for one of those cards, you know, just as kind of like a lottery ticket. And I just, I, I like that kind of stuff. You know, it's fun to see people really get creative. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times I think outside the box, but there's always people thinking even beyond. So, yeah. 
Yeah, for no, sure. I think you bring up a good point. Um, probably some things that we've seen in the market here recently, probably within the last two, three months is people are trying to find the new like exploding thing. So like, what was it like last month? Someone was buying all the Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer rookies from mm -hmm. 1998 or something. Someone was buying Serena Williams rookies and, you know, right. who's buying Danica Patrick rookie, rookie cards or Jimmy Johnson. And like, they're just trying to find their a niche that people haven't gone to yet or people haven't hit yet and then trying to make money off. But I, I think it's smart. I mean, if you're if you're spending that much time and 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 you're understanding the market and understanding that it hasn't been exposed yet, then I mean there's there's money to be made in those things. But I mean, like you said, you got to believe in it. If you find something that you really love, you got to believe in it. And if you believe in it, you know, that's better than, than going half-hearted into something and, and then just pulling your money out a week later. So like mine, besides, you know, the major sports, my favorite cards to collect are boxing because I love boxing sports. Neil, you know, I have my Muhammad Ali collection. I have a Muhammad Ali autograph. Old wrestling. Uh, yeah, old professional wrestling. So – um, I bought at the beginning, I would say beginning of COVID, uh, two boxes of 1991, uh, KO boxing. And it has like Roy Jones, Jr.'s rookie, uh, uh, Lennox Lewis rookies and a bunch of other cards that, you know, boxing cards weren't produced for these guys. So it has a ton of them. And I opened a box and then held on to a box. So I opened the box and I'm just you know, probably a couple months ago, looking through card prices and they're so low pop. Like the Sugar Ray Leonard card is going for like $12,000 right now. And in my desk that I'm sitting at, I have a couple of them plus all these other boxing cards. And it's not because, you know, oh, boxing, I thought boxing was going to make money. No, I just like collecting boxing cards. That Muhammad Ali auto out of three. So the before Parkinson's autograph, very, very rare to get. It's out of five. I bought it three years ago for $108. Yeah. So, and it's past, you know, three, 4,000, probably what it would go for. So, and these are things that I probably would never even get rid of. It's because I like the sport and it's the things that I like to collect. It might not be the, you know, the hustle and flow of basketball or football, but it's, you know, things that mean, mean, most to me, my Joe Frazier auto, my Larry Holmes auto. So stuff that I like to collect. If I have a, a Mike Tyson autograph picture in my game room, if I could get a Floyd Mayweather or something, you know, people look for, if you're looking for that kind of niche, like that's kind of what I was doing, but I was looking at it more of uh, this is what I enjoy to collect. Same thing with professional wrestling. Now, I got into it. I got started finding professional wrestling stuff a little bit too late because as soon as people started figuring out the 83 wrestling all-stars and the, the Ric Flair rookie and the Hulk Hogan rookie, like I was late to the game to that. So that's why I spent so much money on that damn Ric Flair card. But to me, it's worth it because yep. Ric Flair is to me, one of the greatest entertainers of all time. Yep. So no matter what the grade on the card is, I have the card. They're not going to produce any more of those cards. Right. I have the card. It's Pokemon. Yeah. It's not Pokemon. Uh, I'm glad I got rid of that Charizard, even though he can't blow it. That reminds me. I'm, 
I'm still waiting on a, a sub from July last year, July 2020, for three Pokemon cards. I'm six months talk in about, on a 20 day sub to Ryan. Talk about talk about me waiting a little bit past the prime of when Poke, Pokemon was going to sell. Goodness. He did. He did say I'm he's got nine. He's got nine subs coming back this weekend. So I'm praying that you know all whatever six Charizards that were in there come back, even though they're worth about a quarter of what they were when they left. Yeah. Exactly. But whatever. Hey, Caleb, I, I want to ask you too, you know, down the wrestling theme, you know, I think it was like around December. So one of the big, you know, news stories was the rock Dwayne the rock Johnson his bumblebee card selling for a crazy amount. Mm-hmm. Um, Watson was one of the ones that bought him. Um, but like somebody like the rock, you know, I, I don't know how much longer he has in terms of like shelf life in terms of, you know, being relevant. I mean, he could be around another 10 years, 20 years. But it seems like the bulk of his career is probably behind him in terms of acting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still see, like, at that price point with a low pop of, like, a Bumblebee card of him, do you see that as a long-term investment or something that, you know, maybe it's better to get in on somebody in the beginning of their prime with a quirky situation like that? I still think it's a good investment, and the reason being is The Rock right now, and I think for the next – 10 to 20 years will still be the most popular person in America. I think he does run for president and think about it as stupid as it might be. If he does get elected president, whatever that card is worth, you know, that bumblebee card, when you got it, think about what it is. If he's the number one person in the world, not just in acting or in entertainment. And that's kind of where I see Ric Flair and why I kind of go the Ric Flair route is when you think of the greatest entertainers of all time, you have to put flair up top. So to me, if you can get no matter what the PSA grade or BGS grade is, if you can get some of those, because once those guys are gone, you know, when they, when they pass away, they'll never be another person like them. So does that mean that people, we should start looking not necessarily into sports, but entertainers? Look at at Jay-Z. Jay-Z yeah. had two autos that went over $15,000. So is that something that we should probably invest into as like an entertainment and relevancy, helping their, helping their card values? I think so, but it, is, it also, you got to look at who's pushing the market and who's, who's going to push it. Like, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to collect the rock, I'm going to collect the rock because, I watched wrestling growing up and I was a huge rock fan. You know, if I like Jay-Z's music, I'm collecting Jay-Z. If I could find, let's say, uh, you know, trying to think of some rap group autograph, if I could find that. Yeah. So like if the, if the entire Wu-Tang clan had a cut auto from leaf, me and you are both buying that. I'm buying that. And that's think about what that would be worth. Cause that uh, Wu Tang is a good example. So RZA, who obviously one of the original members, one of the original artists, created an album that was just solely one was made. It was a one of one. Never, it was never played for anybody except for the one person that bought it. It was in a special case, and like part of it was supposed to. You know, part of the deal was you were never allowed to release any of this music, this and that. A one-on-one record album from the Wu-Tang Clan sold for 20-something million dollars. Like That's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. Crazy. But it's, you know, 
it's kind of what the market is. It's whatever somebody's willing to pay for something. Yeah. No. And Neil, look how much the NBA has changed too. It's almost it's more of an entertainment industry than what it used to be. Yeah, right? we yeah we talked about that. We talked about that last that last week is how much you know entertainment. And I'd like to hear your opinion because I think I think you probably probably have a better idea about this than than me or even Caleb. But you know how much does that play a part? Yeah, I, I think it plays a huge part. And honestly, I was looking recently at potentially you know I I love national treasures, man. I know everybody does, but. You know, there's some players that are really good that just their their NTRPAs are undervalued. Like I'm looking at like Paul George, right? Like his true NTRPA, nasty patch, nine five grade. You can get it for a couple grand. And I, I know playoff P and people, you know, slander Paul George, but I think it's that entertainment aspect. You know, mm-hmm. he's got that kind of like he's he's not. I don't. He's just not a likable player. And what I about Russ? What's up? What about Russ? I. Russell Westbrook's, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I think he's love hate for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think, love him or you hate him. I, I think like the general, like older, like higher end, like older collector, like doesn't like Russell Westbrook. But I think a lot of people like, you know, twenties and younger, I think they love Russell Westbrook in terms of, you know, the attitude, the effort, but a lot of the old school <clears throat> kind of like collectors grew up where, you know, Jordan didn't really talk much about politics. He didn't, you know, he didn't show a lot of flair in the court for how good he was. And now you see Trey Young, you know, waving at the crowd after one good game, which I like, you know, that's entertainment, but that's a lot different than like, you know, if I was talking to my dad about Trey Young, he's going to think he's a villain. You know, there's a lot of people out there thinking that where I think a lot of the younger generation sees that as kind of, that's entertainment. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I, from Like it's tough because I agree. I think entertainment but it's almost like you can get caught on the bad side of being an entertainer. And Russ kind of toes that line. Paul George toes that line. You know, does Trey Young end up towing that line? I think Luca is just lovable by everybody. Like everybody loves Luca. The only thing that I think a whole the old haters hate is that he cries a little more than everybody, but everybody in the NBA cries. Yeah. I mean, everybody in the NBA cries. Yeah. But as far as Trey goes, you know, if he takes on that villain role, that might hurt his card value just because people don't like the live villain role. Maybe people like the hero more. I don't know. But but wasn't MJ, like, he was way, like, like even in, in his prime, right? Michael Jordan, like, he was kind of a villain to a lot of people. Like, I think we overlooked that, right? Like, I mean, like, I've talked about, like, my dad's, you know, huge Pistons fan. Obviously, MJ was, you know, the worst, the, the devil at the time. But looking back at it, you know, my dad is nothing but, you know, the goat kind of comments to say about MJ. So, so, so so how does that play for people like LeBron and Kevin Durant who like people just get tired of seeing them in the spotlight all the time? Is it a, is it a, is it something to where like we don't appreciate the greatness now because it's been there so long that we're just kind of tired of it and they're just the villain? I honestly think so. Yeah. And like, I mean, LeBron, since, you know, he was in high school all over sports center, you know, and like how many people like Bryce Harper, these athletes that are just constantly flooding every day in the news and everywhere. LeBron's done that for like what, 19 years now he's been 18 years in the league. So yep. I think there's that fatigue and then just little things that come up when it, you know, if people disagree with politics or disagree with, you know, the, the calls or some of the comments, like that just kind of fuels their already made up mindset. Like, when, when LeBron retires, I think he'll get more respect, but I don't think he's going to get more fans like MJ did. 
because I see LeBron staying like more in the media than, than MJ is. So I, that's kind of a so tricky one. What, what happens? And I've said this for a while and, and I will continue to say it. What happens when all those MG, MJ diehard nut huggers decide that they're going to all pass off into the next realm and they die and everybody that's left is all LeBron, all the LeBron fans, you know, what happens to that? Kind of like, the example I can give is uh, Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. So you got a bunch of people, the older generation, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80-year-olds, who all they grew up knowing was Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. And then now you have these 30, 40, and 50-year-olds who grew up knowing Mickey Mantle, and now Mickey Mantle is the most desired player over Babe Ruth. You know, does the same thing eventually happen with Michael Jordan and LeBron James? You know, does it does it die off to where the old generation dies off with Michael Jordan and the new generation is becomes more relevant with LeBron James because he was the last player and he's still relevant within history, with entertainment, within politics, within everything else. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I think I think a lot of the iconic Jordan stuff, though, it's it kind of like we see with old baseball, right? Like. Overall, the baseball market doesn't really live up to like the basketball market, at least like for the most part. But you look at the old stuff, right? Like you're saying, like the mantles, the roos, the you know, you name Honest Wagners. Those are the ones usually setting the records. So I think like the Jordan Fleer, like PSA 10, right? It's like got a 200 pop or so. That's like that's more seen as like art and iconic than it even is Michael Jordan himself. So I think like the the highest end, you know, MJ stuff is going to have that appeal. They're, they're going to see it more as like a status symbol or like a iconic piece with high end MJ stuff than actually like Michael Jordan investment. So because then does Le- LeBron reach that? Does he become an iconic art piece? I would assume so. I mean, why wouldn't he be? Especially, especially with his relevance within humanitarianism and, you know, creating schools for underprivileged kids, yeah. political, you know, stances, things like that. Yeah, I, I think he does. Uh, the one thing, like, um, kind of recently, though, I was thinking about, like, with, with LeBron James, you know, it's, he's such a polarizing figure that I just – I don't see, even after he retires, if he's staying relevant in the media, that's what a lot of people don't like him for, honestly, like a lot of that older generation. So I think you're going to have, like, the two groups that either like him or don't like him just kind of get stronger in their ways. So I, I don't necessarily see, like, where MJ kind of went silent for a while. You know, and I think that helped his case. It kind of depends on if LeBron kind of takes that approach, which we guess he won because, you know, he, he likes to use his platform for what he thinks is good. But yeah. a lot of times, you know, he does slip up or there are things that people disagree with, and I think that's going to continue. So Fair fair point. Caleb, thoughts? I don't like Michael Jordan. <laughs> Reggie Miller, all day. <laughs> <laughs> We want to talk about villains. If Michael was the was the villain, Reggie was the villain for. Hey, hey, speaking speaking of, we got Detroit Pistons and and Indiana Pacers nah. on right now. Do we need to talk? Do we need to bring up the brawl? Yeah. Do we need Ron Artest to to show up and and uh, right? Jermaine O'Neal to knock out the exec. So if we want to jump into that real quick, so here's something funny. So. You know, I rarely watch basketball. You know, I like the Pacers when it's playoff time. The rest of it, I could care less. I'm a Indianapolis Colts fan, diehard through and through. So I'm Neil. This is at the old house. So I'm at the old house, sitting up in the loft, and it's like, you know, probably 
10 30 11 o'clock getting ready to go to bed so the brawl happens and it's live on tv like i'm watching it live yeah and i just sprint into mom and dad's room and kick it i said the pacers are fighting the fans it's like it's the greatest thing of all time yeah i and just the aftermath after that i just it was amazing looking back at it watching jermaine o'neal just cold cock somebody on the on the court Oh, it was great. It was what great. is the greatest thing of I all time? I've seen that. I was at my grandma's house. And she was a diehard Pacers fan. Like, just she thought they were the greatest people in the world. So yeah. nice. And then they just start wailing on fans. And she's like, oh my God. It's like, it's like the dudes fighting Zion in the parking lot we talked about last That's week. Right. Like, That's you know what? Right. Uh, if I'm a normal sized human being and I've maybe had a hot dog or two at the game, I'm not stepping out on the court trying to throw hands with. You know, Ron Artest, who's got twice my arm length and is probably about eight inches taller than me. Yeah, no, definitely not. Hard pass on that. No, no. I don't no. know. Justin, you're six four. You might you might take I'm six two, man. Maybe if I wear heels, I can get to six four. But... <laughs> Still taller than me. Yeah, but like even six two. I mean, you, you stand next to a professional athlete, a point guard, you know, they're six five, six six. You know, a lot of them it's it's crazy the difference, like, you know, like NFL linemen. You know, they're six, seven, three fifty. You know, they're like people don't realize the size of a lot of these athletes. And I mean, I'm taller than most people, thicker than most people, but to stand next to somebody, like you're I'm dwarfed. It's crazy. Yeah. I was working at I I went back in twenty thirteen, I worked for the Colts and for like a summer internship for for school. And I worked one of the I worked one of the games we were playing against the Texans and I was handing out Gatorade on the sidelines, you know, water boy. And JJ uh, Watt comes screaming in from the sidelines, and I just go, "Oh God!" <laughs> I just put my head down. Well, I had to. I, Gatorade. I had to play against some of those, I had to play against life. some of those guys in college and try to tackle some of those guys. Like, yeah, well, freaking monsters. I'm not that athletic, so I can't speak to that. I'm not a, that athletic anymore. That's why I'm a I'm a semi-retired athlete. <laughs> Yeah. So, Justin, a couple more things. Um, what what are some what are some hot takes um, that you have, or what are some educational things that people need to pay attention to um, that we're in this kind of down market? Um, we kind of talked about it earlier, but what are what are some things that that you need to have, or you think people should pay attention to, and then. After this, we'll segue into kind of what we're looking at at the national, and you know, what are your thoughts on that moving forward? So, yeah, um, I think one of the big things right now um, to pay attention to. We talked about the pop report a lot. Um, kind of what I'm seeing too is, is you know, in terms, I, th- I see popularity in RPAs kind of continuing to grow. Um, you know, there's a lot of you know base cards, silver cards, all kinds of stuff. But when you when you're talking an on card auto with a nice patch and pretty much every RPA is numbered. Um, I think RPAs are, are a good buy in a down market. Um, and then you can, you know, pick your poison, you know, like you've got some of like the less known, still decent quality, like Noir. Um, it obviously you got flawless MT towards the top. I think Immaculate's a great buy for, for really any sport. I mean, other than baseball. Caleb, that's your favorite. That's it's not favorite. licensed. So I think, I think Immaculate RPAs are a really good buy. Um, and then, you know, whether it's quarterbacks or it's basketball, whatever that is, 
Um, you know, it's got enough hollow foil on it. it you know, it's got the, it's got the on-card auto. It's, it's a nice looking card. Like if you were to put flawless, immaculate, and NT in front of somebody's face that had no idea about cards, I don't think people would think immaculate being so much further behind those. You know, yeah, I agree. I think they're all, I think if you're investing in, in an RPA, it, you stick to those three. Like, I, I know you brought up Noir, but like, even with Noir, like, long term, Flawless, National Treasures, Immaculate, those are going to be the ones that play out. And there's plenty to, there's plenty of cards in each one of those to choose from and, and to hold long term. So I think those are definitely. Do you plays. think it's the, the black and white kind of design of Noir that, that kills it? Or do you think just the name brand isn't it? I don't know because um, the black, like the midnight, some of the midnight first off the line and like the, what do, what do they call it for like national treasures? I, the like red, white, and blue I, ones. Yeah. Stars and stripes. Yeah, oh, the stars yeah. and stripes. I think those look good with some cards, with some cards. The midnight, I think some of those midnight ones look sick, like just sick. And if you get a good one with like not a lot of wear on the corners and it actually grades well, like that's that that's that's a very low pop card and a very a very nice card to have long term. Yeah. So yeah, for me though, it's just like it's finding those those stick to number cards. You know, it's we mention you guys mention every show and tune in and. Do you, you think know, silvers are going to be the new base from now on? Like if you're if you're going to be investing in like, like if you want the Luka Doncic card, do you think people are going to be like? Well, you got to have the silver now because the base. There's sixteen thousand in the base in the pop report. Yeah. I even get five hundred more just went into the pop report. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I I can com I completely think so because if you look like the tops Chrome Kevin Durant rookie, that's like a pop of about about like a I think it's it, it's like half the pop of a Luca Silver Prism. Yeah, like you're looking at a lot. So like it's just like a thousand, twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but if I've, you're if you're looking at like, you know, back in the day, even even like the LeBron tops chrome, right? It's like a 2100 pop for a PSA 10. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking at Luca Silver's having a similar pop. So I think yeah. silver is the new base. I mean, every pack you're getting silvers, you know. Um, but the weird part is with that is I, I was doing some research about football because I know football is kind of the, 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 the thing in everybody's mind right now. But I was looking at Kyler Murray, right? So I think one of the things kind of towards the end here, I – that I've noticed is I think in our minds, whether, you know, we're basketball first, football first, we brand certain like a, like, or we label certain brands as being like a high pop or like, you know, and if you really dive into the pop reports for each year, when it comes to like select field level, when it comes to silver prism, there's a lot of disparities based on year, based on sport. Mm -hmm. So for like, for example, the Kyler Murray silver prism rookie, it's a pop 150. So there's only 150 PSA 10s. If you're looking at um, the base prism, there's 2,100. You know, so yeah. it feels like the silvers are a lot more rare. At least maybe they're hard grade. Maybe there's a defect. I'm not sure. But I mean, if you if you would have said a Kyler, 2,100 still really low though. It is, and I, I mean that's like, like I mean that's the same as a base. If you're talking 2,100 for a base, that's the same as the Chrome LeBron, right? Right. In and. Isn't isn't the so isn't the refractor PSA ten? Isn't there only like a hundred and fifty in that pop too? Yeah, I think it's like one seventy or so for yeah. So pretty so about the same parallel, right? Yeah, and and I think people you know in their heads think field level or courtside silvers being like a short print, but weirdly enough for Kyler Murray, his rookie year for that sil uh, silver field level, it's a pop three ninety two. 
Yeah. So it's two and yeah. a half times the pop of the regular silver prism, where for me, coming from basketball, you know, a Luca and stuff, like that silver prism, or sorry, silver courtside rookie is kind of like a grail, like a grail kind of shiny. Yeah, I think stuff. people are trying to, because I used to own a, a courtside copper, remember? Yeah. And a Luca courtside copper. And people kept saying, no, the silvers, the silvers, they're more desirable. They're the pops are the pops are a lot lower. And I was looking at the pops on it, and like the the pop on a silver is like right around seventy right now. But the pop, I'm obviously on a numbered copper out of sixty. I was like, if I have something that's I know is definitively out of sixty versus something that's a silver that's just a refractor, I kind of want the copper over the silver like aesthetics aside numbered numbered card like for me i want the numbered card over just that court side just because you don't know how many more you don't know how many more boxes haven't been opened you know there's the pop could still go up yeah i agree and i think it brings us back to our early point of eye appeal you know some people just like that shiny shiny yeah. look you True. know and it's just over like a grainy checkerboard type look like you look at like optic rated rookie checkerboards recently the pop's pretty low but they're pretty cheap you know for being short printed i know optic as a brand has kind of gone downhill with this dip but yeah, i guess so people like it, the tiny look yeah what why do you think that why do you think optic has gone down so much when it has the same aesthetics as tops chrome i i've honestly wondered the same thing neil I was kind of all aboard the the optic train early, like last year when it first came out. Um, mm -hmm. To be honest with you, uh, the only thing I can really think of is I just think the photos are kind of trash. Like you think of Zion holding the ball, Luca, Trey. There's not a lot of like in-game type action. There are a lot. It's just like, it's yeah, a that's shoot. a good point. And a lot of times we've already seen that pose in other cards already in the year because optic came, comes out a little later. So. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just the exhaustion between, you know, Don Ross and then you've got optic. It's just seen as a lower end brand. It's just mm -hmm. has that, that kind of like stigma to it. And modern, just, modern has too much produced. So it just draws the interest away. Yeah. And, and it does have that tops Chrome feel, but I think people, you know, respect it back in the day because that was considered the great, but then, you know, ever yeah. since 2012 with 2012 prism kind of killing it, at least looking back, that's what we think now. I think that kind of set the trend for, for the design moving forward to today. Yeah. I wish Tops would come back and do basketball. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would make this so much better. Just steal, just steal all the rights back, please. Yeah. Please come back. Tops, you have enough money. Come back, please. If you're hearing this, please come back. So, all right. Last last thing and then uh and then we'll get into gambling. I don't I don't do a lot of gambling. Maybe you do, but um last thing we'll hit. Um, that I, we've kind of talked about a little bit, but want to talk about now is the national, you know, now we're talking about, what is it? What's today? The 20, 20th. Yep. Yeah. So little. we're talking about like 30, what, 35 days from the net or 38 days from the national. Yep. So, you know, what, what are you looking forward to the most in the national? Cause this is your first time, right? Yes. Yep. So, so what have you heard about the national? What are you looking forward to the national and what are kind of the plays, you know, how are you going to organize yourself when it comes to that stuff? Yeah. Um, what I've heard about it is it's, you know, bigger than anything you can imagine. Right. Like I've only really gone to local shows in like the Michigan area area. 
So, you know, you think like a four hour stint at a card show, you can get to everything. And at the national, you literally need the multiple days to be able to even, you know, experience most, most that's there. Um, for me, I, you know, with this dip, we're seeing it now, like cash is absolute king. And I know Neil, you started liquidating things too. I think having that cash on hand, you're going to be able to get, you know, a grail or, or maybe a, a football thing you want to flip in a couple months. Um, I think that's going to be available for cash and you're going to be able to pay, you know, comps or under comps. So I'm trying to work on that, liquidate some things. Um, and I, I think what I want to do too is kind of make a checklist of things I want to look for. So, and go through there and, you know, spend the first day kind of taking in as much as I can, finding what's available and then go from there, right? Not rush to a decision, but if something comes up that I'm after, be ready with cash or with trade to pull the trigger. Um, Cause that, you know, there's only so often you can make that high end trade, you know, with something there and they're willing to on the spot. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've kind of, I've kind of seen that as like, you know, and what I've, what I've heard just from talking with other friends, Dallas card show, you know, going down to Miami for the shows, Wisconsin Dell show, like what you said is true. Like cash is King cash is more King. Like having the actual physical cash is more King than having, you know, $10,000 and worth of trade, people want the money. You know, I don't know if that's because it's down and people just want to liquidate some stuff just so that we don't feel like that everything's tied up in cards. Um, but yeah, I've started liquidating my cards, some of my cards, some of my, even some of my PC stuff, um, just because I know at the national, I'm going to need cash. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. And I, I think part of the cash being king too is like like we, we've constantly talked about is the number of cards, the rarity continues to kind of be the, the focus. So it used to be, you know, you'd show up with a Topps Chrome LeBron PSA 9 and, you know, they'd trade that pretty much for equal cash of whatever oh, yeah. they're going for. Where now I think, you know, maybe that person wants to buy like a black border Topps out of 500 rookie LeBron, you know, yeah, like what PSA you six, you know, or whatever it is. So I think they want the more, they don't want the base cards, right? Like they'll take them if they can quick flip them, but you can't really flip stuff super quick right now, at least the base. So everybody's kind of got that, like whether it's a high end grail or just like a numbered type card, that's what they're after. So unless you're trading that stuff, which I think a lot of people don't want to give up right now in this market, it's kind of difficult. And so I think that's why cash is king. Do you think, do you think a lot of the fatigue is basketball related or is it just fatigue across the entire market? I, I think it's fatigue across the entire market, but I truly think it's just kind of with everything with COVID. I think it's a pretty direct correlation, right? Where we had a yeah. pretty good stint of about a year where sports cards were really hype. And then, um, and then after that, you know, with things starting to open up in the U S you know, the vaccine coming out, you know, people, you know, depending on if you're like a hardcore investor, or like a casual collector, you know, you could sell that one card out of your collection and take the family to a vacation, or you can, you can do things that you weren't able to do. Yep. And, you know, it's, and it's the summertime, right? People yep. want to be out and, you know, the government's been supplying money. So it's not like for a lot of people, it wasn't a financial issue before. And they've maybe saved up and had, you know, more expenditures now. And then they're going to explore that because for the last year, they've been pent up, you know, in the sports car game to kind of distract them through a pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah. So Justin, going into the national, uh, your game plan, are you looking sports specific or player specific? Uh, player specific. So like Neil said, Tom Brady, Steph Curry, um, those are two. I'd really like a Russell Wilson contenders rookie auto. 
Um, you know, a those lot of nice. those, those are pretty faint. So I'd love like a nine, five, 10 auto. I've seen a lot of PSA tens that probably would be nine autos. So he's, he's streaky on his autos. He's very yeah. streaky. He is. He's, he's yeah. a hard one to catch. And that's kind of where I, where I was saying earlier, I think if you know that stuff, you can use that to your advantage where the average, you know, maybe somebody that's not as, you know, involved in sports cards or, like, oh, you know, I want to get that Russell Wilson there. You know, if you buy a PSA 10 with no auto grade and it's got that little bit of streaking, I'm probably going to pass on it. If it's at PSA 10 price, I'll take the nine, five, 10 auto for whatever percentage off that is for a nine, five grade and ensure that it's a 10 auto. Yeah, I agree. 10 autos, 10 autos are definitely a thing. You definitely like, even if it's a 10 auto and it's, it's like getting to be like uh just fading like i want that deep blue i want the deep blue i want the deep black color i want that thing to look good and it's hard to preserve but i want that thing to look good whenever it was blue ink and it's turning black you know it's a red (laughs) flag yep yep so percent undervalue i'm thinking of undervalued players not modern I, i i mean i guess you consider this modern and i'm just kind of doing some research as we're talking Justin, your thoughts, is Calvin Johnson rookie cards undervalued? Uh, I, I think they're pretty accurate right now. So we saw the spike during kind of the induction. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Johnson's not somebody that's in the media. I mean, I mean, he's a little bit local news. He uh, He's kind of like the head of some cannabis stuff in, in Michigan, which is kind of neat. But um, he's not somebody that's going to be in the news a ton. Um, and I think, you know, the, the way the league is now, um, you know, it is softer in the NFL, so in, in offense is way up. So somebody with a shorter career like Megatron, um, I think there's going to be people like total yardage and, and stat-wise are going to pass some of those thresholds. Um, I think the lore of him, you know, getting double teamed and, you know, that level of dominance is always going to be there. But I don't see, like, you know, people pouring a bunch of money into Calvin Johnson in the future. Um, I think, like, Adrian Peterson's a better alternative because he's got the Hall of Fame coming up. Um cemented as one of the best running backs, you know, at least of the modern era. Um, and his stuff's pretty cheap as well. And that hasn't seen the same level of spike that Megatron saw with the uh, Hall of Fame stuff. Mm. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, let's transition over to last thing, betting. I suck at betting, so I will let Caleb take this. Well, I apparently I don't suck at betting I'm too doing. since I bet on uh, Roy McElroy to win – who was plus 500. He was tied for second. I don't even want to look to see where he finished. He finished, oh, no. He finished tied for seventh. Damn you, Rory. So I lost $70 real quick. Um, We don't have to get super into betting, but I'm just going to look at some of the games. um, Ooh, how about this? NBA. NBA. Who are you taking? Uh, I know we probably – nobody's probably seen what's going on tonight. Who are you taking tonight, game seven? I'm looking at it right now. Is it a seven and a half line? Don't tell me. I think it's a seven and a half line for Philly, right? Seven and a half? I think uh, they were favored, yeah. Well, then yeah. I'm taking Atlanta plus seven and a half. If I'm betting, I'm taking Atlanta plus seven. Agreed. Yeah, so right now, third quarter, 10 minutes in, uh, it is 51, the 76ers, 50, the Hawks. Love it. Yep. Uh, you, got, you got the Clippers and the Suns tonight. Suns are six and a half point favorites. Suns won. They already played. All yeah. right. I'm looking for looking for Tuesday. Sorry, that's Tuesday's game. So you guys, what do you guys think about the Bucks? They got a chance to win. I no. here's what I think. If if no. the Bucks if the Bucks play 
Atlanta, they're going to the finals. They play the 76ers. It'll be really tough because Ben Simmons and Giannis will both shoot 40 free throws each and miss. Yeah. It's going to be on yeah. <laughs> They're so bad. Terrible. But uh, uh, right now, it looks like the Suns. The Suns look like the best team and best team, best chance to win, which is good yeah. for Chris Paul. He deserves it. Yeah. Been in the league long enough. He's put in his time. Neil, yeah, this one, Neil, this one for you. You got Vegas and the Canadians playing right now. Second period, 0-0. Who's going to pull it out? Is game five? It is game five. 2-2? Two, two? It is 0-0, zero, zero, second period. No, no, no. What's the series? Is it 2-2? Two, two? It is. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. That's oh, not telling me what the series is right now. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised. You know, I thought the Avalanche were going to – Roll through Vegas. Vegas steamrolled us four four straight games, and then and then now they're 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 crapping their pants playing against the Canadians, who I can't even name a guy other than Carey Price who plays on that team who is actually a decent player. It is so, two one two one. The Canadians are leading uh, the series. It's in Montreal. Vegas probably wins that one. So then tomorrow night you have the Islanders and the Lightning tied up two two. In the series, the uh, let's see, the Lightning are are uh, point and a half favorites. Take the Isles. Take the Islanders. Yeah, looking at see point if, a, if they're point and a half, it'll be a one goal game. Yeah, I mean, I guess take the Isles. Look, again, I suck at betting, so oh, I'll yeah. probably I mean, lose all of these bets right now. That's so. okay. <laughs> Don't take at- any of my advice. Looking at some European soccer games, we got Ooh, the Euro. We got uh, Portugal and France is on Wednesday. France will win that one, so that'll be good. Uh, you got Sweden and Poland. I am just thinking of uh, the soccer Mbappe's cards. Stuff's got to go up. I need Mbappe's nine to go up because I am deep in the hole there. But yeah, Mbappe's got to start scoring some goals. He's deep in the off hole right now. Baseball, not really. There's just too many games at the moment. Yeah, all the games don't matter in baseball, to be <clears> honest. So, yeah, until until our professional sports better gets back, I'm just going to look at normal stuff. He's the one. Do with you gamble them. on anything, Justin? I really don't. I I have, you know, I, I Besides have, cards? Yeah, pretty much cards. You know, it's I have a pretty addictive personality, so I know my limits. So I <laughs> it, it became legal in Michigan. You know, hey, cocaine's one hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> So I've seen too many of my friends get, you know, balls deep in it. And I'm like, man, it looks fun. But, you know, cards, at least once, you know, you have the basis and stuff, you feel better about, you know, putting your eggs in a basket. And I think once you get good at betting, you may have that feeling too. It's just there's something about it that I know, you know, I'd have to proceed with caution. So, yeah, totally get that. For sure. Well, Caleb, do you want to wrap me up, wrap it up, or do you want? Yeah, to wrap we'll it wrap up? it up. Uh, Got to thank Justin Swint Sports Cards for coming on. Justin, let everybody know where they can find you on social. Yeah, so guys, um, mainly just on Instagram, Swint Sports Cards. Uh, appreciate a follow. I try to post anything from low end to high end, just anything rare, anything Detroit sports that I like. Um, I love talking, you know, rare cards. If there's anything you guys are interested in buying or need help. I, I like communicating through Instagram. So please give me a follow. I'll follow back and we can uh, get in touch on there. Thanks. Well, if you're selling a Curry or a Tom Brady, let us know. We're yeah, right. Just send us to my DMs. Go Sneal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you, 
You can find I mean, Neil tell at me uh, if you find something. You can find Neil at Doughboy Sports Cards One on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Showtime Sports Cards or my personal page, uh, Showtime Forty Three CC. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I think we were up to a max of like twelve people watching at one time, which is pretty cool. So hey, it's thirty-three percent increase right there. Hey, we keep going up and up and up. So hey, I want to say real quick, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I got this today. I don't know if you guys can see awesome. that really. Yeah, your your wife let me know about that weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I got my first rookie card of my son. So is your, that's is pretty your, cool. Is your logo on? custom card? Is your logo yeah, on got, it? Yeah, it's got, I, I mean, the there's a reflection. I'm trying to, but it's got like, Bottom it's row. got my logo. It's got okay. Kim's name, rookie card logo. Good, good because I had, I had a hard time trying to get the logo to her without the background in it. I got to talk to Ryan about getting a custom card because he got the one of the Woody Hayes custom. I want to get a custom RPA. I'm going to get like a, I'm going to get a piece of his three-month-old onesie and cut it up and put it inside the card. <laughs> make dope. an RPA out of it. That'd be dope. But remember, follow us on the Dream 3 podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. And it's on my personal Twitter. So anytime you can see it, please give it a like, subscribe, share it, tell your friends. We'll be back next week with hopefully the fat boy comes back with us, gets us some real bets, and we might find another guest. I'll be at the racetrack, but we'll do the we'll do it straight from the racetrack too. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in and listening to us babble for an hour and a half. Uh, we'll catch you next week.